Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Back right-hand side for Oshie. Out of Carlson again. Near side, and Ovechkin scores! Alex Ovechkin's goal streak is intact with exactly 11 minutes left. It's 4-3. to three. They lost the game last night, but he's now scored in six consecutive games. Uh, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. I love all of you. I do. Well, not all of you, uh, but I love that all of you listen. Uh, good morning. Ben Standing's going to be on the show in roughly 30 minutes. He'll update us uh, on the growing Dan Quinn coaching staff. It looks like it's almost complete at this point. We'll get a full update from Ben at, uh, at 1035. Sports Media will be on with us at 11 to talk Super Bowl results and more. I want to start with this, though, because yesterday we had a very good guest, I felt, on the show. Uh, Eric Flack works for Channel 9. Eric Flack jumped on with us to talk about this back and forth between, you know, Ted Leonsis and his, you know, mammoth, big brand, monumental sports networks, uh, potential move of the teams to Northern Virginia. And I got a lot of follow-up on it, but it was interesting follow-up on it, Denton. It was very interesting, and it was significant majority that sounded like this. I'm going to read you three different uh, tweets slash emails. This from Jonah. Kevin, your guest yesterday was tremendous. Uh, I enjoyed the interview, but to be brutally honest, you're lucky that I stuck around to listen. I don't care about the move of the Wizards and Caps to Virginia. I would rather they stay in D.C., but the whole subject is boring and really irrelevant in the big picture. You've said it before. The commanders moving to D.C. moves the, and he puts in quotes, Sheehan says, needle, close quotes. I'm not the only person that says moving the needle, by the way. I think that's a general description of, you know, what is popular and what really generates, you know, actual uh, excitement and viewership or listenership, etc. Anyway, he continues, Ted's team staying going, are that many people really invested in this? But again, I enjoyed your guest despite my lack of enthusiasm for the topic. Um, thank you, Jonah. This came from Mike. Ted can move the Wizards to St. Louis for all I care. This is a nothing topic. This from Denny. Kevin, I don't want to tell you how to produce your show, and then he tells me how to produce my show, but the move of the Caps and Wizards to Virginia has turned into a he said, she said between blowhard Ted and late-to-the-party Bowser, and it's just going on and on with fewer and fewer interested, and that's because Ted's teams stink! Exclamation point. Several more like that um, I got uh, that felt the way Jonah, Mike, and Denny um, do. And trust me, I get it. Like, I get it to a certain point. First of all, I agree with you, Jonah. I thought Eric was very good. Um, We've had Eric on the show before, and Eric is one of those print investigative people that is also a really good guest and a very good conversation kind of guy and he had a lot of information and he was thoughtful and I I enjoyed having Eric on the show as well and by the way sometimes just so you know even if it isn't you know an a topic you know if you have somebody on that's good and you can engage them in in conversation and they're really it, it can be informative but also perhaps entertaining you know there are days in which you can't do things that aren't A topics, but now that football season is over, there will be days with A topics. Trust me, free agency, these coaching decisions, although they're a little bit, you know, not necessarily A, maybe more of a, a B plus topic. Um, but certainly when we get into free agency, the beginning of the league calendar, trades, et cetera, and then as we look forward to the draft, of course. 
Um, but anyway, I think all of you have a point. I was thinking that I was actually just as as a matter of of, of fact. I have been asking to get Ted on the show um, once uh, you know since the press conference, but since he did this TV circuit thing last week, I've asked. We'll see how that works out. I hope to get him on the show. Um, but I, I I thought about you know would more people be interested in talking to Ted about Alex Ovechkin or the new Wizards brain trust more than this proposed move? You'd have to probably work some of that into the conversation. Um, but let me say the move is a story here. It's not a non-story. Okay. I'm a DC resident. I don't want them to leave DC. I think it's going to hurt the city. I think it's certainly going to hurt that area of the city, which has been a vibrant area, regardless of how much it's changed. And to me, that's a debatable subject. It's changed for sure. But we know what will happen when the two teams that matter in this big mammoth monumental property uh, entity, um, when they, if they, if they move, that area is going to, you know, shrivel up and die. Um, and I don't want to see that happen. I have enjoyed very much the last twenty-seven or so years with what really Abe Poland began with the move to Chinatown, which was this renaissance of downtown D.C. We became, you know, a city of sort of disconnected areas, disconnected suburban Maryland and Virginia from D.C. into, you know, just thriving, vibrant, exciting neighborhoods that just sprung, that that were revitalized in so many areas of the city. We've talked about this many times, but it is a, a story, okay? Because from my standpoint, it's a story because of the move out of D.C. and I don't want to see my city have and and take that kind of a hit. By the way, I don't blame Ted solely for it. I've been very clear on that since that you know press conference. Didn't love the press conference. But I blame the city. You know, I think they are at the very least equally culpable. But I do agree with many of you on, you know, it's getting a bit old and it's a little less significant because the teams that he owns just aren't as relevant as we'd like them to be. Again, I think that press conference to announce the project, which is what now two months ago or whatever it was, was way overdone, and for Ted, he came off as very distant from what the reaction was going to be for many about just leaving the city. I said it then, and I'll say it now, he should have been more aware of the fact that many D.C. people in particular would feel like he was abandoning the city. Um, But the truth is, much of the reaction has been more apathetic towards the topic than super engaged or immersed in the topic. See, the thing that matters the most when it comes to these kinds of things is the interest in the teams that may be moving. And the key is to have winning teams, especially in a market like ours, where really we've almost become exclusively, with the exception of the football franchise, a bandwagon-jumping sports town. This is not New York or Philly or Boston or Chicago, you know, where the passion runs deep in everybody's veins with all of the teams, regardless of winning or losing. That's never been D.C. Um, The Wizards have been, for the most part, under Ted's watch, a total NBA bottom feeder. And there's plenty of criticism from the top down for their plight and total irrelevance in the NBA. They are they are an irrelevant franchise in the NBA. They're irrelevant in this city. And this is a city that at its core loves basketball. We've talked about this for years. At its core, the DMV is a basketball town, a basketball area. And the basketball people in this area have very little passion for the NBA team as the NBA has grown and thrived in recent years. I've always felt, and maybe this is a shortcoming for me, or maybe I'm trying to wish it into existence because I do 
love and have loved my entire life, the Bullets and the Wizards, I still think this could be an incredible NBA area, NBA city. But it's not because the team has been irrelevant and been, you know, terrible for 45 years. The last decade and a half or so with Ted at the helm. The hockey team won a Stanley Cup. Amen to that. But for the most part, the hockey team has been known for a disappointing exit come spring. You know, an earlier than expected playoff departure every April. The Caps haven't won a playoff series now in six years. They are likely going to miss the playoffs for a second straight year. I think this whole topic, and many of you have become, maybe you started apathetic, maybe you've grown over the last couple of months to be apathetic, but I think it all points back to Ted. More honesty from Ted, better said, more self-awareness from Ted would help him in these moments. You know, when he talks about championships and his mammoth monumental sports and this incredible brand, which stretches from Delaware to the border of, you know, Virginia and North Carolina, he just sounds out of touch. He sounds like he's wishing it into existence more than kind of being it. I I think more humility on his part would go Maybe not a long ways, but it would move him away from where I think he is now, and I don't think they realize where he is now, which is, you know, an owner in town with Dan gone who has pretty low opinion poll numbers. I mean, again, specific to this move, I don't know enough to say Ted you know, shouldn't be doing this. It's more emotional for me because I don't want them to leave the city. I don't want the city to be damaged by the move. And I was off-put by, again, as I've described many times, his inability to see in that press conference that there were people that were going to be upset about this. He was just way too over-the-top giddy and excited without any acknowledgement to Perhaps there are people that aren't going to agree with this. But I can't sit here and tell you that he's doing the wrong thing for him, for the people that work for him. All right, He has a responsibility. He has a fiduciary responsibility to his, his, his shareholders, to the Monumental Sports Group shareholders. He's got uh, a, a, a responsibility to his consumers. He's got a responsibility to all of his employees, to, the, to his teams. I can't sit here and tell you that if I had all the information that obviously he does in front of him, that I wouldn't make the same decision. I just would like it to be made with a little more self-awareness. He wants this deal to go through and then perhaps wants to buy the Nationals. I can't imagine. Didn't we do a poll on this, Denton, after, I forget when it was, on whether or not people would want Ted to buy the Nats, and it was overwhelmingly no? It was like 90% no. Yeah, him buying the Nationals would not be a popular purchase in this town. First of all, I would question whether or not it is in the best interest of the fans and even the teams to a certain degree with one person owning three of the major four, uh, four pro sports teams. I understand that there are economies of scale. There are incredible efficiencies in owning three sports teams. You know, everything is centralized, marketing, merchandising, accounting, you know, HR, et cetera. But in terms of, you know, the big picture on whether or not he's more invested in one team, spending more here, I, I don't know that that's the right thing. I don't, I'm not saying it isn't the right thing. I'm not saying it is bad, but I think that there's reason to wonder and to explore why it would uh, perhaps not be in the best interest of fans. But it would not be a popular purchase in this town right now. Um, but I appreciate all the feedback. And look, I 
I, I, I understand. I was a bit surprised by, by some of the reaction, although I kind of feel the same way, so I identify with it a bit. But I do think it is a story that we continue to pay attention to in this town. You know, I know a lot of you aren't D.C. residents. The majority of people that probably listen to this show are Marylanders, followed by D.C., followed by Virginia in some order, uh, in, in that order, I think. Um, and for those of us that live in D.C., that spend a lot, a lot of time in D.C., this may be more of, you know, um, the, the, the reaction may be a little bit more visceral, more emotional than apathetic. Um, but anyway, all right. Hey, Alex Ovechkin scored again last night. Six straight games with a goal. I love the fact that he's surging right now. They're not a good team, and they lost last night. He's now got 13 goals on the season, 835. He's 60 back of Gretzky at this point from passing Gretzky, 59 from tying it. And I didn't find this, Denton, in any of the game recap, but did you tell me that his six-game streak of scoring is – he's only the third player to do that? That doesn't seem right to Uh, me. Third player to do that above the age of 38 years old. Okay, good. I was going to say, there's no way that that is – a record over the age of 38. Yeah, last 38 or to, above, right? Last person to do it was uh, Brett Hull in 2003, 2004. Because Ovechkin is 38. Yes. So he it's is. just 38 or older. Yeah, 38 or older. Okay. Um, you know, as it relates to the Caps, I have, I, I think I do have a grasp on what it means to the largesse of sports fans in the market. But I will say this it has always been fun. In April, especially when we haven't had a basketball team that was participating in the postseason, to have these games, which, by the way, NHL playoff hockey, you don't have to be a hardcore hockey fan, which I'm not, to enjoy NHL playoff hockey. And it has been, uh, you know, not recently, but it's always been fun to come in here after watching these intense games and talk about them in a reactive mode. You know, most of you don't have a proactive feeling uh, to many of those games, but you love the react to it after watching it. Um, and I agree with that, but I don't think we're going to have that this year because right now, after last night's loss, the Caps are, they've got 54 points. So they're 10 behind the third place team in the division, the Flyers. All right. And then they are. Eight points behind, um, six points behind the wild card Detroit Wet Red, Wing, uh, Red Wings right now. So they got a long way to go uh, to get back into the fight here. There's they've played 52, they play 82, so they got 30 left. They're gonna have to make a big run. All right, uh, let's get to it. What do you got? So how about this story that broke this morning? It was a Wojnarowski and Ramona Shelburne story on ESPN, speaking of the NBA. Uh, But even you non-NBA fans, I think, are going to find this interesting. So over a 24-hour window prior to the trade deadline on Thursday, this was last Thursday, all right, the 8th, that was the trade deadline. It came and went, and the Wizards made one deal. Daniel Gafford did not trade Tyus Jones, did not trade Kyle Kuzma. There's a really good story, by the way, by Josh Robbins in the, the Athletic on why they didn't trade Kyle Kuzma. I'll just digress for one quick moment because I want to get back to this LeBron Golden State Warriors story. Um, but uh, the article essentially says the Wizards went to Kyle Kuzma, and they had a trade lined up for him to go to Dallas. And they asked him if he wanted to go to Dallas. And he said, no, I want to stay here. I want to build this. Kyle Kuzma is an interesting sports figure in this town. And if they were winning, which they're not, they're a long way from it, I think he would be, um, I think he'd be a big star because he's, he's smart, he's thoughtful, um, and there's a lot going on there beyond what you see when he walks into an arena in some sort of, you know, uh, costume. All right. Uh, he is, there's some, there's, there's a lot there with him, but I thought it was interesting that the team actually gave him the choice 
And that's weird on some level, but it also speaks to how much they like and respect him. Um, Anyway, uh, so over a 24-hour period prior to last week's trade deadline, Golden State made a bid unsuccessful to trade for LeBron James. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if LeBron had been traded to the Warriors and had teamed up with Steph Curry? The Warriors uh, were wanted to present a big package deal to L.A., um, but apparently the Lakers and LeBron – uh, were willing. Neither neither party was willing to even entertain this potential deal. Now involved in the deal, have we seen the specifics of what Golden State presented or wanted to present to the Lakers? No, there's been no mention of that. Just that Draymond Green, well, he, Draymond Green tampered in order to try and get LeBron to Golden State. That would have been pretty interesting, but God, man, for for those of us of you know a certain age, just the whole teaming up thing, the all of it. I mean, seeing LeBron go to another team that I look, neither one of these two teams is going to win a title this year. Had he been traded to Golden State, Golden State would have immediately, immediately become one of the favorites in the West, depending on what they needed to give up, which would have been a lot, I'm sure. Um, Golden State and, and the Lakers right now, and Golden State's been surging. If you're, if I'm, I'm an NBA fan, so I'm paying attention. Golden State has been surging recently. They've won five in a row. Um, they beat the Suns the other night on, on a Curry three, where Bradley Beal, by the way, made a huge mistake defensively. He got hurt last night um, again uh, for Phoenix. Uh, but they are one of the hottest teams in the league right now, and they have moved into the 10th position. The Lakers are ninth. But, God, if you're an NBA guy, the West is going to be wild when we get to the postseason. I mean, just think of it this way. The top two teams in the West right now are Minnesota, and Oklahoma City. I mean, two of the best young players in the game in SGA, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and Anthony Edwards. But um, then you've got the, you know, the reigning champions are in fourth right now, the Denver Nuggets. The Suns are going to be a factor. If you haven't been watching Zion Williamson play recently, the Pelicans are good. Man, Denton, the West playoffs are going to be incredible. So good. Means a couple of late nights for us coming up in April and May. There will be um, some late nights. All right. Uh, there is a new mock draft out. Uh, this one by an ESPN insider, Field Yates. What is Washington doing at two? And how about some of the Chicago news related to Justin Fields and number one? We'll get to some of that next. Ben Standig will join us after that, and we'll go through the complete update of the coaching staff, which every few hours it seems like there is another report or another announcement from the team. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980, the Team980.com. We're also free and live on the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Continuing our conversation from yesterday about great guitar riffs, just a few from Van Halen. 
um, over the years. All right, uh, there's a new mock draft out. I mean, a lot of them are out right now. But Field Yates, who I've actually always thought of as one of the guys at ESPN with a super sharp opinion beyond just being a good reporter. Anyway, um, he has Chicago selecting Caleb Williams, and then he has Washington selecting Jaden Daniels. So I, I wanted to bring this up because Denton and I talked yesterday about how, you know, we've been together on this. We have loved Jaden Daniels going back to the beginning of the season. We probably brought him up too much at times during the season, but we both said, I mean, probably as early as late September, early October, there's no chance this guy who's being projected as a day two pick doesn't go in the first round. And then it was, there's no chance this guy isn't a top 10 pick. And I think you and I both share the same point of view on this. There is a long way to go between now and Thursday, April 27th, or whatever it is, um, that first night of the draft. I believe that when all of the interviewing, all of the background checking, all of the due diligencing is over, I think there's a chance Jaden Daniels goes number one. And that Washington could get Caleb Williams by staying right where they are that a trade-up might be for Daniels or the selection by Chicago might be for Jaden Daniels. Why do I think that? Well, because it just starts with the fact that, you know, at this point back in 2010, Cam Newton was not supposed to be the number one overall pick. You know, there was a lot of debate on Cam Newton. And remember with everything that had happened at Auburn, you know, from his Juco move to Auburn, et cetera, um, there was a lot of question marks. We've seen this before. We've seen the guaranteed number one lock, especially when there are a couple of players floating around that people really like that maybe you, you could envision one or two teams falling in love with. I don't think it's over from that standpoint just because history tells you it's not over on who's number one overall. But number two is this. I just don't think – I think there's a difference between Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels. I think Caleb Williams is a more polished at this point pocket passer. I think he's a more polished passer in general. But I think people will project Jaden Daniels to be that, and I think they'll also project Jaden Daniels to be much more than a one-trick pony with respect to offenses. I think Jaden Daniels could fit in a lot of offenses. I talked about this with Jay Gruden um, last week. Jay Gruden said I could see him in a lot of different – he's in love with Jaden Daniels. I could see him in a lot of different offenses. Could see him in Kyle's offense. Could see him in an air raid. Could see him in a Greg Roman offense. Could see him in a lot of different offenses. I actually think an offense built on – a run game, a run-pass balance, the marriage of run and pass, with Daniels creating most of his runs as a scrambler, not saying that you wouldn't have designed runs. Of course you would. And you'd have some options certainly in the playbook. But I, he's got such a big-time arm. And he's so elusive. Can you see him with a running game coming off on what the Shanahan's refer to as QB keepers. We like to refer to them as bootlegs. See him stretching and then pulling that ball back and coming back the other way on a bootleg as a run-pass threat. I think Daniels has still, I would not count him out from number one. You agree with me, right, Denton? I think you do. Yeah, yeah. I I think people are going to fall in love with him. I think they're going to fall in love with uh, the person as well. He does not have some issues that have plagued other quarterbacks that he has been compared to that may or may not have been drafted number two in this market. I don't think you have to you have to deal with the enlarged ego. I think he's a down-to-earth dude, and he comes from a good family, so I think teams are going to fall in love with him. Yeah, not that he, RG3 didn't come from a good family. We're not saying that. We just – he he came from – I had um, – I was thinking about this recently. Um, he came from a very supportive family, no doubt. I, I – some I was with my father, I don't know, it was like a year ago, we were playing golf and some of his friends 
were with us. It was like a foursome, two of his buddies, me and my, my dad. And somebody said, so what kind of dad was your dad? And, and, um, and, and I said, he was, you know, he was always very encouraging, very supportive. Um, and I said, oh, that's great. And, and I said, in some ways, even overly supportive. And my father just looked at me and he just said, how is that even possible? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, yeah, good point. Um, but uh, but we're we're not knocking the overly supportive and encouraging. Of, no, no, no. Of, but uh, Jaden Daniels' any, of dad isn't going to do. A, I don't think he'll do a media run. You know, yeah. I think he'll be um, good about that. But anyway, uh, Jaden Daniels, I, I, I'm still in. I, we will we will have many people on between now and the draft to give us their perspectives. And I'm talking about people who really can do this for a living. Breakdown tape. You know, I'm not talking about internet, you know, uh, people who have, you know, 38 followers who are breaking down tape. We're going to have some people on to really tell us the difference football-wise. But what really will tell the tale on all of this is going to be all the stuff we don't get a shot at um, because we aren't in the meetings. We're not privy to the information that they will have. We're not privy to what... The coaches are really saying about Drake May or Jaden Daniels or Caleb Williams. We're not privy to, you know, a lot of the, the conversations that they'll have with people in their lives. But I, that's going to play a big part in who ends up going number one. Play a big part in who ends up going number two uh, overall. And I think at this point, benefit of the doubt, Kevin, has to stay in benefit of the doubt mode even if they come to the conclusion that it's Drake May or, or, you know, they come to the conclusion it's not any of them and they're looking to trade back and potentially, you know, select one of the others down, you know, down the board, McCarthy or Penix Jr. or Bo Nix because Adam Peters and Martin Mayhew and the whole staff in the front office along with Dan Quinn and Cliff Kingsbury, they're going to have a lot more information than us. It doesn't mean that there isn't going to be some passion, you know, if they trade up. I mean, I we saw the results of the poll that we put out yesterday. Most of you said hell no to a trade up for Caleb Williams. But I if they if that's what they decide to do because there's a massive difference in their mind and in their evaluation between Caleb Williams and the other quarterbacks, and they think that they're getting the next Josh Allen. I don't even want to say the next Patrick Mahomes because that's crazy at this point. Um, I'm not going to have an issue with it. Count me in. Ben Standing next, Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and theteam980.com. NHL action last night. Caps lose to the Avalanche 5-3, to but... Alex Ovechkin becomes just the third player over the age of 38, or shall I say 38 or older, to have a six-game goal streak. Last person to do it was Brett Hull in 2003-2004. He had a seven-game goal streak. Terps in action tonight. They host the Iowa Hawkeyes at 8.30. Terps are 13-11. and 11. They need a dub in this one. They are a five-and-a-half-point favorite as it currently stands. Wizards in action. They're on the road against the New Orleans Pelicans tonight. Kyle Troops last night, Syracuse upsets number seven ranked UNC 86 to 79. The Targets are one and two since beating Duke uh, just last week. Creighton rolls over the Hoyas 94 to 72 and unranked Pitt beats number 21 UVA 74 to 63. That one was in Charlottesville and that's what's trending. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Ben's usually with us on Mondays and Fridays, but there's just so much news related to uh, Dan Quinn's coaching staff rounding into form. Uh, I thought it would be easier to have one of the people who is following the hire-by-hire detail jump on with us. Uh, Ben, as always, joins us courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter, beat the books, download the BetQL app today or visit betql.com follow ben on twitter at ben standing or on x 
Uh, subscribe to The Athletic. God, it's totally worth it uh, just to read uh, Ben's coverage of the team. And as I mentioned, um, there's a really good story that Josh Robbins, who covers the Wizards out in Kyle Kuzma, and the potential trading of Kuzma a week ago. Um, I thought it was interesting anyway. Uh, but Ben joins us right right now. So can you just, for the purpose of everybody kind of uh, you know having the ability to say, all right, what do we have in total right now and what's left? So I'll let you kind of give us the entire staff and then talk about the holes that he still needs to fill. Yeah, it's probably easier to say what what remains open of the main position coaches, running back and defensive line coach are the two uh, main ones that are open. Just in between the time you asked me to come on, and right now they made um, another move, or at least we've learned of another move. I reported that they they hired uh, Tom Donatel, who was the uh, with the Chargers the past three years, working with their secondary. He is the new defensive backs coach Washington previously hired Jason Simmons from the Raiders he'll work with the secondary but he's also going to be their pass game coordinator for the defensive side so they are pretty much done I mean again just those two positions and then obviously there's the various quality control coaches or assistants to certain positions but like those are the only two left um Randy Jordan left the organization to go to Tennessee so that's definitely open. Uh, Scanina is still around on the defensive line, but, you know, I don't know that they're looking to keep him, but hypothetically they could choose to just stay with the, uh, the in-house option. Um, okay, Let, but, but let's walk through it. It's Quinn, it's Kingsbury, it's Witt Jr. Sure. as the coordinators, it's Larry Correct. Izzo as the special teams coordinator, and then it's Bobby Johnson as the O-line coach. I'll come back to him in a moment. It's Brian Johnson as an offensive assistant, uh, as part of the offensive staff. Tavita Pritchard is staying as the quarterback's coach. They hired Bobby Ingram um, to be a wide receivers coach. David Ray to be a tight ends coach. Uh, they've got this guy Pagano to be a senior defensive assistant. Ken Norton Jr. is a linebackers coach. Ryan Kerrigan is staying. And they added um, Sharif Floyd from the Cowboys staff to be an assistant D-line coach. Man, it seems like he was just in the league a couple of years ago, or last year it almost seems like. So um, did I miss anybody? Uh, Simmons you already talked about. Simmons and Donatel. By the way, is yeah, Donatel um, Ed Donatel's brother? Uh, son. Son. Okay. Yeah, this this Donatel's thirty four. Uh, that one, the the dad is in the sixties. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, look, uh, you know, you never, as we know, you never know how these things are going to go. I think the the things to note here are one, you know, interestingly, the only holdover so far, Kerrigan, Pritchard, and Ingram are people who were not part of the original Rivera staff like they all came out last year uh so i don't know if they're staying because they, they each had another extra year on their contract or they just felt hey these guys are really good but whatever it is they're staying um also you know we obviously all we all noted that ron rivera brought over basically everybody he's ever met in charlotte to washington uh both not only the coaching staff but the front office it's a very different look here uh, obviously dan quinn has got people he is familiar with you mentioned uh, so some of the Cowboys staff on defense, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, like the, the new tight end coach, Rail is somebody that has been on Kingsbury's staffs in the past. So the connection there, um, everything comes down to, you know, how does everybody work together? But at least in this case, they're not all sort of beholden to the one guy, right? There are checks and balances kind of all over the place, most notably Adam Peters, in the front office. So this is not, and look, some of them might be circumstances. Maybe Dan Quinn, if he'd had his druthers, would have just brought every single person who he had with him in Atlanta and Dallas and called it a day, but that's not how it went down. And, um, you know, I, I think having that, bringing people in from different scenarios, different systems, as long as they can all play well together in the sandbox, like I think that's a, a good way to go and not just have, you know, the people who were with you when you uh, got fired, basically. Of the people that were on the staff last year, 
Kerrigan and Pritchard, we know, are staying. You had mentioned Scanina, the D-line coach, who was very, very well-liked by uh, everybody out there in the players. But the guy, the name that I always heard, at least this year in particular, was Christian Garcia, who was, you know, on the defensive staff. He was a DB's coach and. I had heard from multiple people during the course of the year that he was a rising star. Is he on the staff, or did he go somewhere else? Uh, I don't know that he is anywhere. They haven't. I mean, other than Kingsbury and um, uh, uh, Wit, they have not announced anybody else. Everything else is just based on reporting. And you know, for all I know, to be honest, like I don't think they have figured out the RB and D-line coach yet, but they may have already determined some of the other people like Garcia, but I don't know that for a fact. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know, the, okay. the, you know, the rising star thing. I mean, sure. Maybe uh, we'll see. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm not okay. sure about that one. Jennifer King obviously got a ton of attention when she was here as the first female position coach or assistant position coach. She, I'm assuming she's not on the staff anymore. I don't think so. Again, haven't been announced, okay. and I still don't have the RB coach yet. I'm not seeing that she would be uh, in position for that, but no, uh, don't know that one, but I'm going to assume she is not back, or I'm guessing we would have heard something by now. All right. Uh, we are talking to Ben Standig. Uh, Ben's got a podcast called Standig Room Only. You can listen to that. I think we're done talking about the coaching staff at this point. I mean, really – it's kind of like the hiring of of a never before you know heard of until a year and a half ago assistant GM. We don't know what the fit will be here, but you've got to trust that Dan Quinn of the coaching candidates probably right Ben probably had the best presentation when it came to assembling a staff. Yeah, well, look, I mean, he you know if he thought he was going to be able to bring over these guys from Dallas. That, that he was able to, then that's, you know, a pretty good start considering Dallas's defense has been one of the league's best last few years. Obviously, it would be great if they could bring Micah Parsons over as well, but um, that's not how this works. So, yeah, I mean, I think that part works. You know, the, the, the Kingsbury deal is, I think, the one that's so so interesting. Was he always, you know, Quinn's number one? Was he Would he have preferred somebody else, but just for whatever the reason, couldn't get them? Obviously, Kingsbury almost went to the Raiders, it appears. So how did that switch occur? Um, you know, I think that one's interesting because he's definitely, you know, whatever anybody thinks of Dan Quinn relative to the other head coach options, I feel like Kingsbury is the more polarizing of of the choices because there's some, you know, potentially good stuff with what he's done with quarterbacks going back to Patrick Mahomes in college. But, you know, his record as a coach kind of, you know, ordinary. And, you know, I don't think his offenses were – like he didn't have offenses that were lighting the league up like the way say Ben Johnson has with the Lions the last couple of years. So what does that mean? But uh, yeah, I think overall we kind of have a feel for for the staff, and it's just now a matter of you know hopefully Dan Quinn got the guys that are going to work well together and uh, get this thing going in the right direction. Did I ask you this the other day? If I did, and, and I'm being repetitive, my apologies. But will there be introductory pressers for Kingsbury and Joe Witt Jr. or not? Whether you asked the other day or not, I can tell you the answer is yes, they will be tomorrow. We just found that out in the last half an hour. Uh, so, yeah, those two are talking tomorrow. I didn't actually notice if Izzo was uh, talking or not, but, yeah, at least it's the offense and the defensive coordinator will speak with the media tomorrow. That'll be interesting. I mean, with respect to Kingsbury, as much as, you know, even more so than Joe Witt Jr., who is coming to work for a defensive head coach, Kingsbury's going to have a lot of responsibility. What are the questions that you think are most important to find out, you know, to get answers from Cliff Kingsbury on? Yeah, um, you know, I guess, you know, what's going to be the, you know, tell us about your type of offense. You know, do you have like a plan or are you already sort of incorporating one around the pieces that you have, Terry McLaurin, Brian Robinson, et cetera. Um, obviously, we're going to, somebody's going to ask about, Worked with Caleb Williams last year, and you know, to whatever you know, they're not going to answer the the idea that they want Caleb Williams here. But you know, what was that like, and and um, you know, what do you think about Caleb Williams in the pros? And then um, you know, also like you know, why Washington when it looked like 
you were going to the Raiders, you know, what switched there, uh, I think, are some of the things. And, you know, with, with Wit, I think it's a matter of, look, I mean, obviously, you know, however you phrase this, John Allen and Deron Payne were not up to their usual, were not up to their prior standards last year. What did you, you know, what, what can you do to, to get them back? And then, you know, same thing with the secondary guys, Forbes, Quan Martin, St. Juice, et cetera. You know, what, what type of defense, I guess we have to ask man or zone, right? That seems to be a big issue the last few years here. Uh, so what, uh, yeah. what are you going to running more there? And how are you, you know, how do you think you were able to, to help those guys uh, improve their play? Yeah, I mean, Kingsbury's not going to tell you, oh, my God, I took this job because there are two of the three that I love. So whichever one Chicago doesn't take, we're going to take. But I, he's not going to give much on that. He might give you something on the type of quarterback that he prefers. And I think it's going to be interesting to find out what his level of input will be uh, on the quarterback acquisition front. Um, which, you know, if you're sort of going in order, the first thing to find out would be, what does he think of Sam Howell? He's certainly not going to say anything negative about Sam Howell. But I wonder if Kingsbury, I would gather, I would guess that Kingsbury is going to be reviewing and discussing and he's going to have a voice in who they take at number two. Do you Do you agree with that or not? Yeah, for, for, for sure. I mean, look, you know, Adam Peters is the one we presume is going to be right. in charge of all personnel choices, but you know, it doesn't make sense to draft a player who doesn't fit with what the plans are from the coaching staff. So obviously these things have to work in tangent. The fact that both, all the quarterbacks are mobile, I think, um, you know, ma- makes it perhaps a little bit easier if, if, if uh, Kingsbury is going to run this sort of high temp uh, up tempo offense that he did with, with Arizona and you had a mobile quarterback, you know, I don't think, I think all these guys have that capability, you know, some more than others, but none of them are stiffs back in the, in the pocket. Uh, so that helps, but yeah, I mean, look, I, he's going to have to have some say, I just, you know, for me, the matter is always, you brought Adam Peters in to be the personnel guy. So yeah, no, I agree let, with you. Don't let the coordinator or, or, you know, sway you too much. Um, so, yeah. But they've talked about this collaboration since the Adam Peters, you know, hiring and an introductory press conference as it relates to the quarterback specifically, is that, you know, we'll start to have those conversations once we have our head coach hired and we've got our staff hired because it will be collaborative. So, I mean, given that they ended up hiring not Ben Johnson or Bobby Slowick, but Dan Quinn, the guy that would have of the coaches a significant voice, I would think, would be Kingsbury. Not that Quinn isn't going to have a big voice uh, as well. Um, We're talking to Ben Standing, of course. So I just pulled up uh, Ben on Twitter, um, to, uh, and I just noticed that you commented, and I have not read it, um, Barry's Verluga's column on Monumental. But I, I, I spent 15 minutes at the top of the show talking about this and how actually a lot of my listeners anyway are kind of apathetic or or have grown a little bit weary on this subject altogether in part because look the teams are losers you know t- Ted's a little bit off on the um the, the feeling for his teams but uh it sounds like from your tweet you'd like to weigh in just a little bit on this back and forth between this mammoth behemoth monumental sports entity uh DC and Northern Virginia what do you want to say well, I mean, look, I do think this ties into the commanders because obviously if DC is, if DC really does lose the wizards and the caps, I would imagine their push to get the commanders goes up even more. So sure. right? like even people who might've been objecting on the DC council might say, well, now we have to do something. So that could push Washington, the commanders to the RFK side. And it could be the reverse if they stay because, you know, th- now you're back to where you were before where people, saying maybe we don't need to, to spend that money uh, for a football stadium. Um, look, I would just say that, you know, my it, – it's it's Leonis' business. He can do with it what he wants. Obviously, it, the, the, the paying public is a, is a big part of that because they're the ones who are, you know, putting the bill in a lot of ways. I, I think my biggest issue and what I tweeted was like – and Barry mentioned this as well – just stop with – the have trying to have it both ways. You are making a business decision that is going to screw DC. 
It is impossible to to deny that, but he keeps trying to. Yeah. Just admit it. You're, 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 you're making a business decision. You also think that this will be better for the Wizards and the Caps fans down the line. And, you know, from the beginning, he easily could have just blamed all out of this on Mayor Bowser because clearly D.C. did not was not uh, ready to go with this. You know, w- w- you know they, I don't know if they were didn't think that Ted would do this or whatever, but, like, they were very sort of last second uh, with their uh, announcement to how much money they would put forward. It didn't come until after Leontes made his announcement. By the way, simultaneously it appears, and it's felt this way in real time, that the Ted's announcement with Virginia was felt premature. Uh, and, and clearly some of the Virginia politicians have now stated um, as much. So, you know, look, I, I, I'm, whatever he's going to do, he's going to do. But, you know, I, I think, I think what's, what's informative for this is that as a Wizards person, more than a Caps person, I've been saying a lot of this stuff for years, that he says we're going to do everything we can to win, and the actions never come close to viewing it that to, – to, to, to being that way. The Capitals fans, I think, are now starting to see, hopefully, that it's been the same thing for their team, too. They just had Ovechkin, and, you know, they had just you know, a better situation of talent. But, um, you know, the last what, five, six years in particular, like, this thing has gone nowhere. They're not making the playoffs. They're not doing anything. They're not winning series. And it's because he has the same mindset. He's saying he'll do whatever it takes to win, but the actions don't reflect that. And uh, I think, you know, I think kind of that's what's happening here. And uh, like I said, I just wish he would just say, look, or it's too late now, but I wish he at the beginning had just said, look, I'm making a business decision. This is the deal. Sorry, it's going to you know, mess with D.C., but this is what we're doing. Yeah, I, I, I agree with all that. I think just a little more self-awareness and reading the room a little bit better and a little bit of humility would go a long way or at least some of the way for him. What you said at the beginning, though, is so true. Like, if if sports fans in D.C. were given the option right now, Washington's football franchise moves back to D.C., the RFK site, but Caps and Wizards go to Northern Virginia. You can't have both. It would be 99.5% to a half percent. See ya. We'll pack your bags for you. Get the football team back to RFK. Uh, that matters much more. Um, in the in the larger scheme of things, and I I think sometimes he doesn't understand that, uh, or maybe he just doesn't care. Who knows? Uh, good job. I'll talk to you later. Uh, look forward to it. See you. Right. John Oran's going to join us. We'll talk some sports media, the Super Bowl numbers. Maybe get his take just on. I don't know. <laughs> all of the all of you just said stop talking about this move. We don't care. Talk about the the fact that Kirk Cousins is the favorite to come back to Washington. We'll get to that next hour. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and the Team980.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 